Hello, church family. Thank you for joining us for another message from Res Life Holland. We hope this sermon encourages you in your walk with Jesus and empowers you to live the life God has for you. Now sit back and enjoy today's message. It's so good to see you guys. Good morning. Um, our senior pastors, Pastor Josh and Emily, they are um, enjoying time in South Carolina right now with their family and celebrating spring break. So they got the sun over there. I'm praying they bring it back. They miss you guys. They wanted me to, to share that with you, but we can make them jealous. We'll act like we got a lot of sun going on here. So, so hot over here. I had to wear my, my flip-flops and shorts. No, it's cold. It's great. You're not missing out on much. Man, but it, it really is. It's so wonderful to see you guys. Um, they they um, really blessed me with the, the privilege of opening the word with you guys this morning. And I know, I know the Lord has something for us. He always does. Um, his word never returns void either. And so we're going to be opening up the word. And I want you to be encouraged. And I want you to assure your heart right now that he's going to plant some seed. And so be expectant of that. You know, I prayed earlier that he would soften the soil of our heart. In his word, we, we know that it's, it's the fertile soil, you know, that, that brings out that fruit and that harvest that he wants for us to live into. Um, when I was praying over this message, when I was just preparing for it, something that keeps me really safe is I'm just like, Lord, what are the needs in the room? What are the needs in the room? What's going on? What's going on in our body, in our family? And I, I hear from the Lord in words. He, he'll show me like a word or like a phrase or a sentence. And so I saw four words. And so I just want to briefly share those with you um, quickly. And then I'm going to kind of just dig into each one briefly. But those four words were, um, I have them up here, but loneliness, fatigue, direction, and anticipation. That's loneliness, lonely, fatigue, direction and anticipation and you know um you know building a message or or really building in life just following the the plans god has for your life tends to be like a, a breadcrumb you're following the breadcrumbs one step at a way and so he gave me those four words and then that leads to the next step okay lord what is it about these words and so i want to focus first on that last one anticipation because i think that's going to be what what we need in each of those other areas um Anticipation is the way that you're going to expect what's to come. You can anticipate in fear or you can anticipate in peace. You can um, anticipate in anxiety or you can anticipate with joy, something that is to come. And so I just saw that in this room today, um, some of you are dealing with loneliness. And... Um, he, he did not weave that into your nature. It is not a part of your design. And I'm gonna share that now, but I pray that the Lord just helps you to see that for yourself, that um, in the beginning, he saw that it was not good for man to be alone. He did something beautiful. He created even more relationship and community than there already was. There was already perfect fellowship among the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they invited us in. <laughs> that is just wild. They invited us in and they wanted us to experience what they had to give. They didn't want us to be alone. In fact, they made us into a family. And then they said, it's not good for man to be alone. And so they made the perfect helpmeet for man, being a woman. So there's that union there. But then another dimension is that that's even more family, even more community. 
the Lord showing us that, man, he made humankind. We, we need one another. We need the body. And so for those of you that are lonely today, maybe you've been walking that out for a while. Maybe it's something that just said on. I want you to be encouraged that he did not weave that into your design. He wove community. He wove body into who you are. And so if at the very least, which is at the very most, that you should know that if you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you always have his company. And he wants you to be assured of that this morning. Um, for those of you dealing with fatigue, I specifically think this is for those with, with mental and spiritual fatigue. You're just whipped. And whenever I got to this part of the message, I just saw myself kind of demonstrating just a sigh. <sighs> you know, we can go so fast throughout the week. And even on a Sunday, we just find ourselves in the motion. It's a Sunday morning, so we come to church, we go home, we go that, and then tomorrow we start up work again, and we don't even take a break. We don't even experience the Sabbath that the Lord has for us. And so I just want all of us just to take a deep breath together. Just <sighs> He has rest for you. And it's the kind of rest that's lasting it's the kind of rest you never want to leave. And it's the rest of his presence. And so he's going he's gonna to show you that today for yourself. And then um, the last, last thing is for those of you seeking direction. I think we're all seeking direction. <laughs> Man, especially having two boys, I'm always like, Lord, who are they? Show me who they are. I don't want to mess this up. Like, I need your help. Um, but I, I think some of you might be in a transition work-wise and you're just seeing maybe you need to make a decision when it comes to what are the next best steps for me. Maybe you've been in the same job for a while and maybe you're feeling like a change of pace. Um, maybe it's not with work at all. Maybe it has to do with relationships. Maybe there's a conflict that's not resolved in your family um, or a friend. Maybe um, there's a situation going on in your life and your finances. You're just needing direction from the Lord. And again, our only hope is in God. For all of these things, our only hope is in the Father, and he has direction for you this morning. But it's so important to go over these things um, before saying this, that in each of those areas, it's very easy to feel isolated. Isolated, especially when you're lonely, but also in your fatigue, that you're the only one that's tired. You're the only one that needs strength. And also for direction, am I the only one that doesn't know what's going on? <laughs> am I the only one that has no idea what, what the future holds? Well, we can know. The Lord has given us the mind of Christ, and so in all of these areas, he wants to breathe fresh anticipation for what he has next for you. The enemy would love to bully you into a corner, and he'd love to set the parameters of what you can experience in life. But praise God, he is destroyed. He, he has an impending doom, and he knows it. But we have an impending, we, we're in eternity. You know, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've already stepped into that. Now we're a part of the kingdom of heaven. And so now we live by a different standard. We're now citizens of heaven, not citizens of earth. So the one who calls the shots for us is our Father in heaven. Yeah. So may he breathe over you today, fresh anticipation for you not to feel disheartened, discouraged, whipped, beaten up, bullied. No, no, no more of that. We're gonna take a, a fresh grasp today on something new, something the Lord has for you.
I can say to the lonely, hope in the Lord. In him you'll find the intimacy your heart is craving. I can say to the restless and to those needing direction, wondering where to go from here, run to the Father. I can say these things, but I know that true faith comes by hearing, and hearing of the word of God. And he wants to show you himself today. He wants to show you your breakthrough and what he has right around the corner. If we're not careful, if we don't stay awake, it's very easy to be conformed to what's going on around us. And we find that warning in Romans 12 too. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Just as a litmus test, how can you know if you're having a godly anticipation right now? Well, if you foresee what's coming around the corner as good and pleasing and perfect, even in the midst of the battle, even through the valley, if that's your anticipation, then he has touched that. But if you're, if you're anticipating more tragedy, more pain, more hurt, more depression, more isolation than that, That's something the Lord wants to white out. He wants to blot out. He wants to erase and paint something new today. I remember being at a conference and hearing something super powerful, I'll never forget, but it was this imagery that the Lord is the potter and we're just that piece of clay that he gets to make into a a vessel. It's insane that he hides himself into a jar of clay. That's just wild to me. But imagine him just molding you, right? It takes the block of clay to be willing to be molded, right? To be manipulated, to be turned and transformed. And that's what that verse shares with us. It says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think, changing the way you perceive, changing the way of what you're anticipating and expecting of what to come. The devil comes against the word in your life. So you need to protect it. He comes against the very things, the very pillars that the Lord put into you that makes you stand. For a mother, there's a pillar right there. You were made to be a mom. And the enemy might come against that and say, you're never enough and you shouldn't have embarked on this journey. That's such trash. It can be the same thing for a father. You know, I've definitely experienced that. Adrian, you're not enough. You're so unqualified. What are you doing? And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, halt. Okay, I need to take every thought captive here because what I'm, what I'm starting to anticipate isn't great. And so I need you, Lord. I need you to wipe that clean from me and I need you to interrupt those thoughts and paint something new because I can feel the enemy coming against the word in my life and I need you to affirm me. I need you to continue to help me to stand and find my security in you. There's something wild in what Jesus says when he's uh, talking to the disciples in Matthew 6. They're asking him, how do we pray? And so he teaches them. And I think most of us are familiar with this prayer, but it starts out as our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a mind shift right there. So the Lord adopts us into his family and he says, okay, now I want you to expect, I want you to anticipate, to declare my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Again, the enemy all too quickly would love for us to judge life, to live life based on exterior um, circumstances. This, this, what's going on right here. And the father's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. My perspective is what you need. You need to focus on, on, on declaring that my will, be, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's a process. Again, that's another instance where we need to let the father do that move in our hearts. But I was just thinking about that. And I was just like, man, what if, what if my anchor was solely in that verse all the days of my life? that I was just completely sold out and I'm seeing things in the natural that his word doesn't line up with and all of a sudden I'm just like, man, that's not right. That's just not right. I, I, I can't care that it's not happening the way that I, I perceive it to happen. Lord, help me there. But if, if you declare in your word that you were whipped so that we could be healed, then that's the final, that's the final word. If you declare in your word that now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, then any condemnation knocking on my door, that doesn't belong. That's what puts us in this lonely space, the space where we're just fatigued, burnt out, and we have no energy to pour out and do the things that God's called us to do. That's where we find ourselves in an aimless place is when we have not been focusing, we have not been sticking to what the Lord has encouraged us to do. And guys, that's where community is so important. So important. Oh, man. Um, I was getting this word this morning, but I was remembering a time one of my teachers at school, he was sharing with us um, in the beginning of his ministry, he had so many financial needs, but he wasn't sharing them with anyone. He was like, I'm just going to go at this alone. And, and more and more needs started building, and he didn't have money for bills. He didn't have money for food to feed his family. And so he's just slowly just like dissolving away. And then one day, he just decides to share with his friend, and he's like, hey, um, these are some things that I'm, I'm dealing with right now. And he's like, are you kidding me? You didn't share this with me? I want, why did you take that gift from me that I get to sow into your ministry? And I saw the same thing when it comes to our needs. You know, first and foremost, when we don't involve the Lord, the only one that has that sustained answer for us that we need for the breakthrough that he has for us around the corner. Why wouldn't we involve him? Why would we go at it one more moment without him? But then he's also put us in a body. So why have we not involved our brothers and sisters in Christ? Why have we robbed them of that gift of being his hands and his feet? And so that lie that the enemy will say, and it's so common, it's so boring, but he'll say, oh, that's too much of a burden to share with other people. Man, flip that script. No, 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 I'm actually gonna be doing someone else a favor to, to be able to be his hands and feet to me. And again, that comes with following the Holy Spirit for him to show you the right person. Because I know what that feels like, sharing your pearls before swine, and you're like, why did I share that? That guy did not help me at all. I'm like worse off than I was before. But the Lord will give you eyes to see who that is. That's, a, that's his design for community. That's his design for the body. Every trial, trial we face must bow to the revelation of the word. The world will stay, stop once you've tried three times. So if you live by the world standards, it's try, try. I know that saying, try, try, try again. But it's like, how many times do you try before you just give up and you try something new, right? How many times can you get mistreated before you're just like, you know what, I'm sick of that. I'm gonna mistreat them then. That's what they deserve. That's not the example that Christ set for us. He said that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so there's a perfected nature now that he's working in us. 
He's given us his mind. He's given us a new nature. And we're being perfected to that. We're being transformed daily. And so now we get to live by a new standard, by the revelation of the word that he has for us. The Lord has a different way of doing things. And it takes persistence. And again, it takes encouragement to stay in the fight because I know what that feels like. I've had breakthroughs. I'm in the midst of breakthroughs I'm believing for. And I know in the future in my life, there's gonna be things I need breakthrough for. I know what it feels like to be at the same place again and again and again. And it's a wild thing. (laughs) It's wild for me to just stand here and say, hey, but do it again. But I wanna share with you that that's, that's what the Lord has called us to. But he doesn't do, he's so gracious that he isn't asking us to do it alone. He's telling us to do it with him. Hey, you're not doing this alone, my brother, my son, my sister, my daughter. You're doing this with me. And so we see in Matthew 7, verses 7 through 10, it says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking. And the door will be open to you for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? No way. No way. Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your heavenly father give give good gifts to those who ask them? We need our anticipation revived. We need him to paint that picture for us. Do you guys, I I don't want to speak this over anyone, but I'm just going to speak from my own experience. I, I have struggled with anxiety in the past. And I can feel it. I can feel it coming on when something good, maybe something great's happening in my life, and I can feel that lie around the corner. And all of a sudden, it's like, a, I call it an avocado pit. It's such a lie. It's like right there. It's so gross. And I'm just like, ugh, avocado. I'm like, it's right there. Like, it's, that's, it's anxiety. And that's the enemy trying to put his hand on my anticipation. But I need to turn my face to the Father. I need to rest in the word and the things that he shared because every day he's speaking to us. Every single day. What did he share with you yesterday? That's not a rhetorical question. I want you to think about that in your minds in this moment. What did he share with you yesterday? Maybe you didn't come to the table because of that lie of isolation. Maybe it was that lie of fatigue that you were too tired to go to the one place you could receive your strength. He has something for you today and he doesn't want you to miss it. It could be one word And it could just be come or love, or he could just say your name. Oh man, just imagine hearing the Lord say your name. He wants you to hear it. He wants you to rest in those things. He wants your anticipation to be covered by him. Um, Have you guys ever been on YouTube and there's just like random videos and you're like, why am I watching this? Like, how did they know I'd want to watch this video? And it's, it's called an algorithm, and they, like, base everything else off of all your searches you've ever done, and they're, like, just guessing. They're like, uh, NASCAR, you know, and I'm like, nope, got that wrong. I'm not into NASCAR. Well, this, this one instance, I think this was a couple months ago, I'm embarrassed to say, but 
I don't remember the title, but it was basically like How to Be a Ninja or something like that. And I clicked on it. You know what I mean? Like, they totally got me. And I was like, yeah, right. Like, how do they know how to be a ninja? And so I'm clicking on it, and I'm seeing this really legit guy, the sensei guy. And he's just, like, explaining to the camera. You know, he's talking about, like, the sixth sense. And this is, like, one of the tests that they do in their martial arts studio. Um, where <laughs> I'm going to move the podium for this. So ridiculous, but it's going to prove a point. So you see the sensei, and he's like talking to the camera. He goes, I'm going to do a demonstration for you. And he's like, he gets down on the ground like this, and he's kind of just waiting. And then this other guy comes up behind him. And this other guy's job, so the sensei, he's facing away. The other guy's job is to slap him in the back of the head before the sensei can duck away. It's ridiculous, right? But I was like, that's crazy. I was like, that's, that's ridiculous. But you, you do. You see the sensei, and he's just like this. And you see this dude poised behind him. And then all of a sudden, just slap, right? He tries to hit in the back of his head, and he couldn't do it. And then for someone else, like, he did do it. You saw some other people, like, testing it out in the studio. And you're just like, wow, like, that looks, like, kind of fun, though. You know what I mean? And I don't know if I tested it out with my, my brother-in-laws. Probably did. But it was one of them or it was someone and I just remember being like, this is ridiculous. I can't know if someone's behind me is going to slap me upside the back of the head. And I started being like poised for like the hurt. Like, like that's going to hurt if I just keep putting myself through this. And I feel like what can happen in life as we talk about anticipation is we can be poised for that hurt. We can be poised for that hand behind us that's just ready for the, the disappointment, ready for the discouragement. And we're waiting for it around the corner. We're actually prepped. We're almost planning for it. And the father's like, whoa, it's my hand that gets to lead and affect and heal your life. And so can you imagine instead of the hand of some scrubby martial art guy just ready to slap the back of your head, that it's actually the hand of a good, good father. And he's just wanting to lead your life. And sometimes his leading can feel like he's doing it from behind like he's just pushing you along the path and he's just encouraging you. But he has a place for you and it's a good place and he wants you to find it. Jesus stayed connected to the Father. That's how his anticipation, his expectation for the future kept getting renewed. It was through what he saw in the Father and what he saw the Father do. In John 15, five through eight, um, he also encourages us how we can stay safe, how we can um, uh, walk into the abundance and the plans that the Lord has for us. And so I wanna read that in John 15, five through eight. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. He wants you to stay connected to him. That might just be an easy telltale sign. My wife, she always gives me these like easy ways of doing things. And I'm like, why didn't I do that to begin with? And this is where the Lord's just encouraging us. He's just like, hey, remain in me. Maybe that's the first thing you need to notice. Am I remaining in you? 
okay, maybe I am, and I'm just not hearing you right. And I need to keep knocking. I need to keep seeking and keep finding what you have for me. I also love John 5, 19. Jesus demonstrated this connection, but with his father. It says, so Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. That's powerful. That's powerful because it shows that Jesus was demonstrating his authority here on earth and that came from the Father. And so what we're called to do is demonstrate his authority that comes from our Father. Jesus didn't do anything unless he saw, saw his Father do it. I can't imagine, you know, being um, pushed up against about the trials of life and the temptations of life. If he faced the same things that we did, but his anticipation was kept safe. The way that he perceived what was to come wasn't based upon the circumstance that was surrounding him. It was based upon what was going on in the kingdom. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's kind of like when Jesus fed the 5,000. He's, he's with these group of people. He's been ministering to them all day and the disciples come up and they're like, Oi, mate, like all these people, they're so tired and, and we probably should just push them away, tell them they've got to go get food from the marketplace. It's been a long day. They can come back tomorrow. It'll be really good. And Jesus is, he's not about that. He's like, we'll feed them. And he's like, you know, let's say it's, let's say it's uh, you know, Matthew. Matthew's like, I've done the math, mate. It's gonna take a whole year's worth of wages in order to feed all of these people. It's not going to work. And Jesus is like, first off, that's a bad British accent. <laughs> and second off, no, he didn't say that. Second off, what do you have? What are you not seeing? Because I can see it. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like a, a gentle like teacher moment where the teacher wants to coax you into to finding something that you can find on your own. And so Jesus sends them out. What do you have? And so they find this boy. And they're like, he's got, he's got five loaves of bread and two fish. This is what we have. And Jesus is like, okay. And so he brings the child close. And in my son's Bible story book, it says that he winks at the child. And I just love that. Like, watch what's going to happen. Anticipate something good because I'm about to do something amazing. Could you imagine if you saw the Father wink at you today in your fatigue, in your loneliness, in your need for direction, and he says, my child, I'm gonna do something great. Imagine that wink from the Father, just something between you and him, and then all of a sudden, you're just like, but Lord, I just have five loaves of bread and two fish. I just have two more hours of energy left before I feel like I'm just gonna shut down. I feel like I can only do one more day of being this lonely. One more day without getting direction for my future. And he says, I can work with that. But give it to me. Give it to me and watch what I can do. And so in order to, to have a maintained godly anticipation for the future, we need to make sure where our source is coming from where our expectation is, is getting yielded from because if our, we're looking to the world for the encouragement, we're looking around us here in the external for that direction, the Lord has a heavenly plan for you and he wants you to go to him. 
with these things. And he wants you to get the heavenly perspective. He's told me some crazy things that I'm so excited for in my life. But I need to continue to partner with him because sometimes I don't see it. Sometimes I don't even feel it. That's the hard part. But the Lord's like, hey, give me what you do feel. Give me what you still have left over. I'm gonna multiply it. I'm gonna redeem it. I'm gonna revive your heart, your anticipation this morning and show you you're not alone and I'm doing this with you. Involve the Father this morning, guys. God instills in his children that same faith. This is one of my favorite stories, but the story of David and Goliath, right? This is awesome. David comes up on the scene with food for his brothers, and there's so much commotion going on. There's this big boy, Goliath, who's got a big voice and a lot to show for it. He's a giant. I have never seen a giant. I saw, okay, one time, I saw a guy that was like 7'3", and a guy that was 7'4". And that was insane because I came up to their waist. I have a picture. I don't have it. But I came up to their waist, and I'm just like, yeah, dude, like giants. But these, this giant, Goliath was two feet above that. Like I can't even imagine that. And this guy was built for war. This wasn't a, a sack potato. This guy was probably jacked. And he's just belting out all these profanities against God's people, the Israelites. He's blaspheming God's name. And he's just boasting in all of his strength. And it's getting to the Israelites. I can't imagine the talk about around camp. You know, they're going to have to go through another day of Goliath's bellowing and that anticipation for it. You know, they wake up in the morning. They're like, he's not up yet, but he's going to be up. And once he gets up, he's going to start yelling at us. Remember what he said yesterday? Yeah, I haven't forgotten it. I'm just waiting today to see what he's going to say. Are you going to go after him? I'm not going after him. That guy's nine feet tall. Are you kidding me? That anticipation was just going around camp. And they started getting conformed to the anticipation, the expectation that was going on around them. And then David comes on the scene. And he hears these things that Goliath is saying. And he's like, well, what are we going to do about it? And the guys are like, it's a giant, David. Okay, just go back to the field, man. We got this. Well, it doesn't look like you got it. <laughs> Looks like everyone's scared. And uh, he can't say that about God. And we need to be reminded that heaven's armies are on our side. So what are we all talking about? And so he goes up, well, long story short, but he's not looking to the external, right? He's not looking at Goliath's strength. He's not looking at how tall he is. He's not looking in the face and the eyes of all the men and getting conformed to their anticipation of what might happen. Have he gone out on the field to fight Goliath? He sees what the father sees, and he's about it. And he persisted. Imagine if David allowed the circumstance to dictate the scenario. Imagine if he bent his knee to the fear where would the Israelites have been? The, the Philistines would have overcame them. Where would David have been? You know, what kind of momentum would, would that just ruin because he was anointed to be king, right? He wasn't king yet. But David goes out there because his heart was after the Lord's. He was connected to the Father and he saw what the Father saw and he took five smooth stones. He took 10 minutes in a day 10 minutes in one day can change your life with the Lord. 
You might be tired, but the Lord can use that 10 minutes and change your life. He can use that act of obedience, the courage it takes for you to turn to him in your loneliness and say, Lord, fill me. I'm, I have enough energy for this for one moment. He can use that and multiply it. And so we see David take only five smooth stones and he uses one to slay Goliath. I'm just gonna read that though because I think it's powerful what David says. David said to the Philistine in 1 Samuel 17 verse 45, and 47. He said, you come against me with the sword and the spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. The Lord has a word for you. He has a script. He has it ready right now. He's just poisoned, waiting for you to grab it from him. But he has a prophetic word for you to share with your enemy today, that you will behead him and that you will feed his carcass to the birds because there is a God, your God, that is your redeemer and he is greater than any other name. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords and you need to see that for yourself. You need to read this word. You need to get alone with the father. You need him to, to revive your anticipation for you to expect the good things he has for you. It's not based on your past. It's based on what he has for you to come. Amen, it's based on the cross. David shut Goliath up. By faith, the people of Israel were also able to go through the Red Sea. I talked about this last month. They went through the Red Sea. They didn't look at external circumstances. Well, they were, but Moses wasn't. And Moses saw what the father was doing. Can you imagine how ridiculous that would be to just stand to Lake Michigan but if the Lord told you to and just be like, just like lift that staff and just see it part, that'd be phenomenal. The Lord has those things for you. He has that breakthrough for you. It's not based upon external circumstances. It's based upon his word. Everything has to bow. Every knee must bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. If he is truly Lord, then he rules over everything. 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 By faith, the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days. Again, if they stopped the sixth day, what would have happened? They're walking around this building and they hear the jeering. They hear everything going up on the ramparts and they're like, oh, I feel, is he down there again? Oh, they're just walking around, they're walking around still. Okay, yeah, they're just walking around. It's day six. I don't know what they're gonna do. It's kind of weird, right? I don't know is like Israeli accents. So like British is the only thing I can do. <laughs> But they didn't stop on day six. They didn't do it. We can't stop on month eight. We can't stop on year seven. I don't know how long you've been going through the things you have. I don't know. But the Lord does. And he has a seed to be parted in your life. And the words to part that seed are found in his word. It's found in the love letter of those intimate times you have with him even if it's 10 minutes, 
even if it's a moment in the car. He has something for you. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to anticipation again, it's, uh, I, I know that it's persistence that can be, that can be hard. Um, but it can't, it can't replace the word that the Lord gives to you. I, I, I don't ha- we don't have a house right now that we own. We don't have land right now that we own. Um, but I see it. I see it, and I see on my land oak trees. I want oak trees. And I felt a couple summers ago that the Lord was like, Adrian, plant some. Plant some oak trees. Like, if they're going to take a few years to grow, you can plant them in your yard once you get it. And I'm like, yeah, let's plant some oak trees. And so I went to one of my favorite places, Riley Trails, little slice of heaven on earth. And uh, a lot of history there that I've built with the Lord. And now, um, I mean, I, I got engaged there with my wife, and we walk our boys around there. It's just such awesome. Maybe I'll get Riley Trails. I don't know. But there's, there's acorns that will fall. Um, I think it's in the beginning of the summertime, and there's hundreds of them. And so I went to Riley Trails, and I'm picking out some acorns, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's going to be a good oak tree right there. And I'm putting that away in my pocket, and I got two more, and I was like, oof, that's shiny. That's got to be a good tree. So I got, these, I got these acorns. I prepped myself. I'm anticipating I'm going to see sprouts by the end of the week. So I fill um, a pot with soil. I plant those seeds down. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm just kind of basing it off my shoot from the hip, you know. And so I plant these seeds, and after a week of watering them, I'm not really seeing any difference. And I was getting a little impatient, and I knew it wouldn't be right to break the soil and to like dig them back up. But I did it anyways. I was like, oh, I gotta see what they're doing though. Like, how do I know? And so I did. I like separated the soil just a little bit and I was like, oh, well that one's, nothing's going on there. I kept doing that, didn't see anything. That happened for a few weeks. And I was like, you know what? Like, that's it, man. Like, if these aren't gonna grow. But I noticed one of them was. And so I pitched the other two and I just focused all my energy on this one sprout. I was like, this is going to be beautiful. And I just was realizing, like, oh, as the days went on, it wasn't growing anymore, and it started getting drier. And I was like, oh, gosh, am I overwatering it? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm looking up articles, and these people, you know, botanists, they don't know anything, and so I'm not taking anything they say, and I'm just kind of still doing my own thing. And I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this plant by my tree in my backyard, and my rationale was it will get the same light and care that this tree is getting, but it's just right next to the tree. I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, think happy tree thoughts. Here you go. <laughs> this is what you're supposed to be. And so I just was doing my own thing. And I went back to look at it after a couple of days. And uh, I kid you not, what I see on the soil is an opened acorn. And I was like, what is an open acorn? But where's the stem? Where's the leaves? I saw the leaves just last week. And I realized a squirrel came and ate my acorn. <laughs> just ate it. It was popped right open. It was basically a feast just waiting, just a number five Big Mac right there on the, <laughs> waiting for that squirrel. And I was like, no, my acorn, my oak trees. And so I was a little disheartened. But the next summer, I was like, I'm going to do this because that desire is still there. I'm going to see oak trees in my land. And so I did the same thing. And to kind of save this from being an even longer story, I planted five this time. None of them sprouted. And um, like four of them had grubs in them. 
And I did this all with my son. It was this really cool, like, father-son bonding time. And, like, I was like, dude, we're planting oak trees for our yard and, like, all this fun stuff. And then after, like, a few weeks, nothing happening. We're just looking at the acorns. I was like, these look off. So we're cracking them open. And my son's like, dude, grub's inside. And I was like, I see that. I see that, Abram. It's... And then we crack open another one. He goes, another grub. You know, things like that. And I'm like, all right, man, we're not going to keep doing this. But you know what? I still have the anticipation. My, my dreams of, of having those oak trees so far, I haven't seen in the natural. But I still perceive it. I can feel it, guys. When, when you get alone with the Lord and he shares with you the things he has for your life, he'll impress with you what that feels like, what that season will be like. He doesn't want you to miss out on this one, but he wants you to anticipate with great expectation the plans he has for you. You might not see it, and you might have a couple seasons of crop failure for what you're believing for, but don't let it paint the whole picture. I'm going back out this summer for more acorns, <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull on some strings, see if I can ask for some help, because I think I'm doing something wrong. In um, Hebrews 11, verses 13 through 16, it says, it, it talks about all of these people that had great faith to do great things. But I love this part at the end, and I feel like the Lord is so gracious because he answers the questions that no one's asking yet, or maybe he knew we would ask. And this is what I kind of feel in the room, but I just want to, to read. Hebrews 11, verse 13 through 16, it says, All these people died, still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. You know, Abraham was told he'd be the father of many nations, but he didn't get to see all of his children. He will someday. He'll see his inheritance. And the Lord gave him a picture of the stars, something in the natural to show what he was doing in the supernatural. And so for me, it's an acorn. For you, it could be a sunset. For you, it could be an aroma. It could be something else. But he might have something for you in the natural to be a picture of what you can expect in the supernatural. He wants you to anticipate the plans that he has for you, which are good and pleasing and perfect. And so I'm going to end with this. Those of you that are battling spiritual, mental, and physical fatigue, I want to read Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. It says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my, the burden I give you is light. For those of you that are lonely, anticipate your connection with God this week, that it will yield intimacy and it will center your focus on him than your surroundings 
and the disappointment from the past. He has something new for you. And for those of you needing direction, anticipate your connection with God to make your paths straight. That's where your paths will be made straight. And we can see that in Proverbs 3, 6. It says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Let me pray for you guys this morning. Father God, thank you so much for being being the vine that we can connect to and we can trust that connection. Father, I pray that as we go on our way that we would just feel the warmth of your presence follow us and lead us wherever we go. I pray, Lord, over those that were experiencing loneliness or fatigue or lack of direction in their life that they felt encouraged and that, Lord, you showed them something. You, you assured their heart of something new. And I pray, Lord, that when we walk from this place today, we would walk with you as the body of Christ. In Jesus' name.